Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Uh, part four in our series, um, Being Rich in What Really Matters the Most. And uh, next Sunday morning is our last uh, part of the series. And last Sunday morning, we spoke about uh, being rich towards God by bringing our first and our best to Him. We talked about the power of tithing. And um, just as we begin this morning, I encourage you with that thought as well. If you haven't got the revelation around the power of tithing and giving to God's house, bringing your first and your best, I encourage you to listen to that. Uh, but we, we've been looking at some, some statistics and facts about um, us as people living in this Western world. And we, we discovered um, a truth in the very beginning, going back three weeks ago. The truth is this, that you and I are rich. We're filthy rich, mega rich. We, we are so rich, it's ridiculous how rich we are, Dave. We are rich to the core, amen. In fact, uh, studies um, 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 have proven that if you earn more than $30,000 per year, you're in the top 1% of money earners on the planet today. If you earn more than $30,000, you're in the top 1%. If you earn more than $80,000, you're in the top one-tenth of the 1% of money earners on the planet today. Incredible. The great news is you and I are rich. We are so rich. It's just amazing how rich we are. And that's the good news. In fact, I just was, we were talking during the week. Steve and Isaac are in Uganda. Is that right? They're in Uganda. They've arrived, I think, yesterday. And uh, uh, Isaac's over there with the little, the, the Little Athletics, which is awesome, and his dad's able to go with him. And uh, so I encourage you to be praying for them while they're there. But what really captured my attention uh, when Robin was speaking, I think it was this week, that over there in Uganda, there's going to be a lot of um, athletics uh, running and things like that. And there's a, there's a marathon, I think it was, we were talking about. And the prize for all the kids that are running in the marathon, guess what it is? Guess what it is? The prize for winning the marathon is a mattress. And I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably back it in that some little punk, some little girl, some little boy's going to win that. They'll get the mattress and rather than sleeping it on, them, on themselves, they'll probably give it to their mum or dad or their grandparents, right? It's probably what will happen. But they're running a marathon over there and the prize is winning a mattress. Did you know how many people across the globe sleep on the ground? A massive percentage of people that go to bed each night sleep on the ground. And yet we, when we think about you know, going to bed or, or buying a new mattress, it's either pillow top or non-pillow top. Is it, is it electric recliner or non-electric recliner? The truth is we are so rich and we need to appreciate that. And one of the greatest things that we can develop and, and understand and, and cultivate an attitude within our hearts is an ongoing attitude for gratitude. Amen? Being grateful to God for where we are, where we live, what we've been given. Because if we don't cultivate that attitude of gratitude, being content with what we've got now, then we're going to be exposed to the culture of this world that says we've never got enough. We always have to have more. We always have to get more in order for us to be pleased. No, but before God, we should go to bed tonight, lay on our mattresses and simply say, God, thanks for my mattress. Because so many people will go to bed tonight not laying on a mattress, but laying on the ground. Just simple things like that. And we, we must make sure that we continue to cultivate that attitude. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the good news 
is that we are so rich, we are so filthy rich, and we need to be aware of that and cultivate the attitude of thankfulness towards God for everything that we have. But then we've also looked at the bad news, and the bad news is that we are rich. So the good news is we are rich, but the bad news is is that we are rich as well. Because I'm rich, I'm less likely to depend on God and depend more on myself. Yeah? Because I'm rich, I struggle with true priorities because I have rich people distractions. I wonder how many people are not in the house of God today here and in other, every other church around Shell Harbor because they had so many other rich people distractions. And lastly, because I'm rich, more is expected of me. Jesus said, to whom more is given, more is expected, amen. So as we've been going through this journey, we've discovered how rich we are, and that's the good news, but also the bad news is, is that we are rich this morning. So today I want to talk to you about a different way of being rich that you may never have thought of before. And to do that, I want us to review our theme scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. If you haven't gone through it yet, um, you haven't taken the time to read through it at home, I recommend very highly that you do, but it's up on the screen there. And this is Paul's uh, encouragement to the young pastor, Timothy, about speaking to a certain demographic of people. He says this, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Ooh, hey. Never feel bad about being on that boat. Never feel bad about being on that motorcycle, Amen. God's given us all things to richly enjoy. We serve a good father. But it goes on. Let them do good that they might be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Really important that you understand that last little part of that uh, scripture there. But the thought this morning is this. Who is Paul speaking to? in this verse of Scripture? Was it just those people in, in, in that particular um, um, time and in that particular culture? Or does it have other or further ramifications than just then and there? Now, I believe that Paul is speaking to Timothy, but also speaking to us today. It says there, command those who are rich in this present age. He's speaking to you and I. You and I are rich. You and I are rich beyond all comprehension and we need to understand that we have been given riches by God for a purpose. The first purpose is, is that we're meant to enjoy what it is that God has given us. That's just amazing. That's the, the heart of God towards His children, blessing us in so many amazing ways. But we want to look at one thought this morning and this is the key thought today. Here's the thought. We are commanded by God to be rich in good works. Hallelujah. Well, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I oh, forget it. Look at it there. We're commanded by God to be rich in good works. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy, saying to us, it says, Let them do good that they might be rich in good works, ready to give willing to share so how is God calling us to be rich he's calling us to be rich in good works in good deeds amen 
That's what we're looking at this morning. God calls us to be rich in good deeds, doing good things for others. And the truth about our riches, though, is this. The greater riches we have, the harder it is for us to be other-centered. And ultimately, we can drift towards, towards being self-centered. Right? That's what can happen. The, the greater riches that we have, the more that we have, potentially, we become self-centered and we drift towards uh, we drift away from being other-centered. That's why I believe with all of my heart that, that, that reminding yourself on a daily basis how blessed you are of God is so, so important to your health and your relationship to God. Because every time that you remind yourself and you thank God for all that He's given you, you're reminding yourself that it's not about me, it's about what God has given to me. Amen. We are owners of nothing but stewards of everything. Hallelujah. Laying in bed in the morning and just saying, God, thanks for this beautiful bed that I'm laying in. Thanks for the, the lights above me. Thanks for the fact that I'm about to go and have a warm shower. <clears throat> you know how smelly this place would be if we were over in Vanuatu? <sighs> Especially with no air conditioning. Because hardly any of them get a chance to have a shower. Well, why? Because they've got to go and collect all their water to cook with, to clean with. Don't take for granted all the, all the small things that God has blessed us with. So, so healthy. So the more that we get, the potential is that we become more self-centered. I'll go on that holiday. I'll buy that bigger boat. I'll get that newer model car to keep up with the Joneses. Amen. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with these things, but we have to be so careful that our riches don't deceive us into believing our riches are just for us. Like Jesus taught in Matthew, as we saw last week, that the deceitfulness of riches have the potential to choke the Word of God, to destroy and rob a person of their relationship with God. Wow. He said, beware of the deceitfulness of riches because they will choke the Word. Paul said the best way to use our riches is to be generous and willing to share. And here's the main point that I want to give you this morning. And we'll be finished early today, which is awesome. This is the main point. God wants us to be rich in good works. God wants each of us to be rich in good works. So this morning, let me ask you the question, each of us the question, how rich are you in good works? Are you mega rich? So filthy rich in good work. Because the Bible commands us to be rich in good works. So are you in the mega rich category? Awesome. Don't put your hand up. That's all right. But if you are, well done. Are you in like the, the middle class good works section? Maybe you're, you're in middle works. Good works, middle class. You're sort of going okay. Or maybe potentially like many people today, no one in this building, of course, Absolutely not. But you might be poor in doing good works for others. Because God challenges Timothy through Paul that part of the purposes of what God has given us is that we would become rich in good works. Let's just pause on that for a moment. If it was a request, it would be a different thing. If it was a... If you feel like it, you might get around to it one day, Tom. You never know. You might just do that good thing. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a request. It wasn't just a maybe. 
we see that we are commanded by God to be rich in good works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So before we continue this morning, I just want to, just before we go too much further, I want to lay just a bit of a foundational truth and we'll finish with three thoughts, three principles about good works. But just before we do that, just to lay this, this foundation that I believe is so, so important. I want to say this this morning. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Marty, God didn't just save you because you're good looking, mate. You know, I know you'd like to think that. I know you talk to me regularly about that. How could Jesus not have saved me because I'm so good looking? Saved me because of that. God saved Marty because of the good works he wants him to do. We're not made right with God by those good works, but we are transformed by God to do good works. Amen. In fact, I love the way Paul describes it in Ephesians chapter 2. Um, in verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Our salvation is not based upon our goodness and our works like many, many people think today. Our salvation is based upon what Jesus did for us on the cross. Amen. We're not saved because of our goodness. We're saved because of His goodness. Hallelujah. So I want to say that again. We are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. But then the, the, the next part of the scripture goes on. That's the, the good news of salvation because it's not because of my works. It's a free gift. But the next verse that's very important for us to grasp this morning, and it goes on to say this. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You and I have divine to-do lists. You and I have div divine good deeds, good works that God has called us to fulfill. Well, I just thought it was just about coming to church on Sunday. I just thought it was about being a good Christian. Yeah, that's, that's important. God shaped us, fashioned us, put us together, gave us our own quirky personalities, our warts and all, our beautiful hair or hair not. He gave us spiritual abilities, gifts, supernatural gifts. He endowed us with natural abilities as well. He packaged us all together before we're in, even in our mother's womb. Before the foundation of time, God looked to the future, looked at your formation, seeing how you were to come together, the perfect uh, 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 representation of, of who he wanted you to be, all of those things. He packaged you together. Then he looked at your life, looked forward and said, these are the good works that I want you to do. Freak me out. Just come to church on Sunday. <laughs> need a joke right about now but I haven't got one you got one back there no for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what good works Paul commands Timothy 
Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in riches, but in the living God who gives us all things to enjoy freely, but to be rich in good works. Hallelujah. I better finish. Amen. You getting it this morning? Hallelujah. You, you just, your life's more than just going to work. Earn, your, your life's more than just that. You, you've been made with a, with a purpose in mind. You have a, you have a, 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 a God-given destiny that He wants to encourage you about seeking. Hallelujah. Life's more than just all the stuff, the going to work, coming home, you know, being a good person. It's, it's, it's all important, but there's a far greater thing that God created us for. His workmanship, for the good works that He prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm not saved by good works, I'm saved for good works. And the truth is, every now and then we'll sense it. We'll know that there's something here that this is on my divine to-do list. We, we, get, we get captivated, we get, we get um, stirred up in our heart. It's like, this, I've got the ability and the skill and the time, I'm going to do this, amen. But I don't believe that it's just a one-off thing. I believe it's our whole lives, amen. Every day as we're going out in our, in our uh, uh, spheres of influence, whether it be at work, whether it be at study, whether it be home, whether it be at shopping center, what, there, are, there are people all around us that are intended to be the good works that God is wanting us to show towards them. Amen? God has made us rich so we can be rich in good works. And this morning I want to share just three principles as we finish this morning. Number one... My good deeds, my good works should always point to God and never to me. First thought. My good works should always point to God and never to me. Matthew chapter 5. This is, this is one of the first scriptures that God gave us 11 years ago when we drove down that car park. Um, this is one of the first scriptures that God gave us about the DNA of, of, of our local church here. First one. It says, You are the light of the world. A city that is not set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp, but they put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Amen. Let your light so shine before men and women that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus didn't say they may hear your good works, did he? What did he say? God, you can say it. I know you're scared, but you can see your good works. They may see your good works and then glorify your, your Father in heaven. I don't know how many times in different projects that we've done, in particular around um, City Serve, where we've gone into um, um, a school or we've gone to a house and we've done something there and we've gone and we've, we've done the good deeds and done the good works and then to hear the conversation or the language of people after the event, how blessed I feel, how thankful to God I am, what a miracle this is, amen. What are they doing? They're giving glory to God, amen. You may never have thought this, but our actions may be the only sermon that people ever hear. Hallelujah. I'm nearly done. I love what Francis Assisi said. He said, wherever you go, preach the gospel and use words if you have to. 
The goal of our good works is to point people to Jesus, never to us. And that's the first principle about our good deeds. This morning, I'd hope by the time that we finish here today that you'll walk out of this place and know that you're called by God, know that you're gifted by God, know that you're the workmanship of God and you start to get on the hunt to look out for some good works. Amen. Because He wants you to be rich in good works. Not poor. Oh, it was back in 1977, Shane. I remember when I went on that missionary trip and I helped those two poor people. That's great. But what about 2019? Sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, shush, I'm shame. Second principle is this. My good works must help others in a way they need it, not in the way I want to give it. It's the way Jesus did it. It says this, how God, this is the second, sorry, before I go or continue. Some of us are thinking, I wish you'd go. We will in a minute. This is the second scripture that God gave us 11 years ago that was to become a part of the DNA of our local church. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may. And the second scripture that he gave us is Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, bless you, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was helping the sick and the impressed the way that they needed it. They needed to be healed, not given an invitation to the synagogue. Right? Remember the first miracle that Jesus did? He turned the water into what? Kool-Aid? <laughs> they were a wedding. They needed wine. What did he turn the water into? The wine. My good works must help others in a way they need it, not in the way that I want to give it. But sometimes we give in the way that we want to, not in the way that people need it. Amen. Third principle, we'll finish with this this morning about our good works. My good works will represent God in the church to give glory to God in all that we do. Now I'm about to read a verse of scripture to you that I just, just think such a kicker. It's awesome. It's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Listen to it again. Third principle. My good works will represent God in the church to the glory of God in all that we do. And this is what it says here. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as the day you see approaching. I love this verse of Scripture because it paints a picture that when we're here at church or in our home group or we're connecting with other believers during the week at whatever occasion it may be, that we're called by God to stir one another up to love and good works. In fact, if you look at the, the definition of that Greek word there, it actually is translated as incite. Hallelujah. I won't, hurt you. I won't hurt you. Dave, what are you doing about good works? Come on, brother. We can do it. Let's do this together. Amen. Come on. Let, more greatest. We can, what, what can we do for God? Amen. Stirring one another up. Inciting one another to good works. Most Christians get together. Oh, jeez, that preacher that passing me message today was just so bad goodness just went on and on and on about good works and, and we couldn't wait to get home we were having pasta for lunch it's awesome oh stir one another stirring each other to good works what are you doing don't you love that 
stirring one another to good works. Let's make a bigger difference. Who can we bless? Where can we serve in the church? How can we glorify God? Amen. Stirring one another to love and to good works, inciting one another. I believe that you and I are the church, not this building, but each one of us. And the truth is each of us has been blessed with spiritual gifts and special abilities that God wants used in His church, for His church, and through His church. Amen. So in truth, if you just come to church but never use what God has given you in the church and through the church, then there's some good works that God has prepared in advance that's not getting done. If we could just have the worship team, that would be great. Oh, and two, please put in your calendar December the 1st. Uh, it's not this Sunday, it's the Sunday after. Uh, you won't want to miss that day, that morning, amen? Uh, it'll be significant uh, morning, significant announcement on that day as well. So do encourage you to come. We, uh, we have, um, we'll have a, 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 a chicken and salad lunch to share out there. We've arranged the bucking bull as well. Awesome. I can't wait for that. Hallelujah. I'm going to pit a couple of men against each other. I'll think, I'll think about that. I'm not sure yet who. Hallelujah. Oh, maybe Marty and I. Oh, I'd flog you though, Marty. Oh, mate, you, have, you might have muscles, bro, but I tell you what, underneath this shirt here, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear over there, someone just said we needed a laugh. Have I gone red now? I have? Oh, it's a little bit. Oh. Let me finish with this this morning. Cap, cap, please capture, capture what God is trying to say to us this morning. Rich in good works. I believe God's heart for our church and every church is that we would be rich, extravagant in helping others, rich in good works, always willing to go the extra mile. In fact, this is what Jesus taught the disciples in Matthew chapter 5, 41. He says, And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. God's wanting us to be the extra mile people. God's wanting us as a church to be the extra mile church. Not just to do what's expected of us, but to go over and beyond. Amen. In this culture, in this instance, if a Roman soldier was carrying a backpack, he saw someone in the crowd, he'd pick David, he'd say, David, come and carry my backpack. It was culturally accepted in the norm that David was obligated to carry that backpack for that Roman soldier for one mile. That was just the expected thing. He would do that. He would have to do it. It was out of obligation. It was out of culture. It was out of, you need to do this. Jesus comes along and turns it upside down and says, hey, no longer carry the backpack for one mile. Go the extra mile. Be extravagant. Show my grace by going two miles. Go the extra mile. You know, I would expect that those Roman soldiers would have been a bit messed up in their head going, well, you've done the one mile. You've completed your obligation. You've ticked the box. Why are you going this extra mile? And in Jesus' brilliance, 
as they're walking along, the soldier's going, why are you doing this? He's going, well, just let me tell you about someone that commanded us not to go one, but to two. His name is Jesus. When we, when we do good works, when, we, when we're kind to someone, when we, we go out of our way to bless someone, it's a grace zone. It's a kind zone. It's a zone that opens up the hearts of people. When we, when we give like that, we're not losing. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But when we commit a good work, when we love someone, when we're kind to someone, when we reach out to someone, when we, 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 we give our resources to help someone, it opens up a world of grace. When we're rich in good works, Jesus is glorified. When we're rich in good works, we're blessed because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And today as we conclude, the question is, are we using our riches to become rich in good works? Are we using our riches for what truly matters? Who is God asking you and I to be rich towards? This week. Amen. Command those who are rich in this age. Not to be hoarding or to trust in uncertain riches, but to trust in the living God who gives us richly all things for us to enjoy. Can demand them to be rich in good works. Hallelujah. You, if we get on a journey of being rich in good works, we won't become poorer because of it. We'll become richer because of it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. And today, Lord, we, we just know that we're not saved because of our good deeds. We're saved because you call us to good deeds. So right up, heads up, we thank you, Father. We're saved by grace. It's a gift gift of heaven it's a gift of God not something we earn it's freely given to us and we're so thankful today for that but Lord today again as we discover that we are truly so rich we pray that you help us to use our riches in good works in doing good deeds Lord because that Lord is the heart that's your heart Father in heaven you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son and you said, whosoever believe in them would not perish, but have everlasting life. So, Father, we just thank you today. Even right now in this moment, speak to our hearts, Lord. Lord, our neighbors, our family. Help us, Lord, today to remove the clutter of this world. And to simply to come to that place of using our riches to become rich in good works. We thank you this morning. This morning, if you're here, you've never 
ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior. Or if you're here this morning and you know you're not right with God, you need to be and you can be today. It's simply coming to God again, opening up your heart, declaring to Him, God, I'm a sinner. I fall short of your mark. And today I ask Jesus for Him to become the Lord and the Savior of my life. If you're here today and you'd love to speak to someone straight after the service this morning, there's people at the Next Steps Lounge at the back there. They would love to talk to you about that, what it looks like to have an ongoing encounter and relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen.